Pre-monsoon heat continues to intensify across India and Pakistan. One site in uh, India, Churu in Rajasthan, um, that recorded maximum temperatures of over 50 degrees for four days um, in a row. We talk weather 75 years ago this week. That operation basically involves trying to transport the population of a small city and all the supplies they needed 100 miles across the sea overnight in the dark secretly. And as spring turns out to be a very dry season for the south, the focus this week is rain. Over the next few days there'll be rain, there'll be showers, there will be some drier and brighter weather at times so it's certainly a case of following the forecast. It's Thursday the 6th of June and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Alex Deakin and you're listening to Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. The highest temperatures recorded across the world earlier this week were in India and Pakistan, with Jacobadad peaking at 51 Celsius on Tuesday. This extreme pre-monsoon heat has manifested in intense thunderstorms further east, across Bangladesh, with 1,000 millimetres of rainfall expected through the next few days. I'm Chris Bulmer, a global guidance meteorologist here at the Met Office. So at the start of this month, the start of June, one site in uh, India, Churu in Rajasthan, um, that recorded maximum temperatures of over 50 degrees for four days um, in a row, uh, peaking at 50.8 degrees. Um, likewise, over in Pakistan, they've seen maximum temperature of 51 degrees. So these temperatures are fairly extreme and um, they are just below the national records for both India and Pakistan. It's not only that the, the maximum temperatures are quite widely above average, so something in the order of quite widely kind of three to six degrees above the maximum temperatures which they would normally have. Um, in addition, overnight temperatures, although they drop off, the overnight minimums at these stations which have been reporting the highest maximums have only been falling to around about 30 degrees C. Some of the obvious impacts are the heat stress on people, so um, disproportionately impacting uh, vulnerable populations, so um, heat stress, heat stroke, so more hospital admissions, people struggling to sleep at night, um, which causes increased stress. As well as the direct impacts on people, um, there was a lot of impacts on um, the general infrastructure. Um, so there's reports from some of the cities um, up there in the northwest of uh, India to try and stop the roads melting. They've been trying to put water onto the roads. There's several potential impacts on things like the power networks. Um, the heat can have a, a direct influence on the infrastructure itself, but also because of the, the direct heat, you've got increased demand on the power network, so that can stress the network and cause more failures. In terms of the forecast over the next couple of weeks, by this point, the monsoon would normally be well into the southern part of India. But actually, looking at the situation at the moment, we can see it's not quite made the southern tip of India just yet. Um, the good news is it does look like it will start to advance over the next week or so. Um, this may be tied into the tropical wave called the, the Madden Julian Oscillation, which looks like that's going to continue to move eastwards into the maritime continent. And it looks like that might just help the, uh, the monsoon trough move northwards with time. So that should mean the areas which have seen the worst of the heat wave. So they would normally expect to see uh, monsoon rain start to arrive during the mid and latter part of June. But probably for these areas, it's probably not going to be until the latter part of June, if not into early July, that they start to see the rainfalls and the temperatures really starting to drop off from what they've got at the moment. In other global news, there is a significant threat of severe thunderstorms developing again across central parts of the USA through the coming week mainly for the central and southern plains, but also extending further east at times. 
These storms are likely to bring a combination of intense rainfall, very strong winds, large hail and tornadoes. There is the potential for less severe but high rain-producing storms to move north into southern Texas during the second part of the week, bringing up to 300 millimetres of rain in 48 hours, which is three times the average June rainfall. Seventy-five years ago, it was also a wet beginning to the week. However, in 1944, the Met Office were involved in critical decisions regarding the timing of Operation Neptune, which saw troops and equipment cross the English Channel for Operation Overlord and the D-Day landings in Normandy. And the weather played a key role in a successful mission. Ada McGiven learnt more. I'm joined by Catherine Ross, Met Office Archivist. What exactly happened around D-Day? Why was it crucial to get the weather forecast right? D-Day is essentially the Allied invasion of Normandy. So that's the point at which the Allied forces reinvaded Europe and started to try and you know, win World War II. That operation basically involves trying to transport the population of a small city and all the supplies they needed 100 miles across the sea overnight in the dark secretly. So they needed help didn't they? they? They needed help from the moon. There was a set of ideal conditions they were looking for. It had to be within one and four days of a full moon. They needed low tide at dawn to enable the landing craft to actually get to the beaches. The cloud conditions, they needed less than 30% cloud cover at 8,000 feet and below and they needed wind conditions of both foot force four or less. Now, they calculated the odds of that without the moon in there were 13 to 1. Yeah. And with the moon, increased by threefold. Wow. <laughs> so the moon was important, and there were only a few days in June where you had the right tides and the right moon, wasn't there? Got a map here of the 4th of June. There's the UK mm -hmm. with lots of observations on it. This is the German equivalent. The Germans had weather, forecast, uh, weather observations for Germany, not for the UK. They couldn't see any of that, so they couldn't see that weather coming in, which is why this front's not in quite the same place as you'd have seen on the British chart. All came together, and, and we've got pictures here of the people involved. There are a lot of women here. Um, so this is, this is, there's two reasons. Obviously, women were involved in all aspects of the war, but also that we would have had lots of men qualified to do all these jobs, but they were all sent overseas. A couple of guys at the front there. This is Group Captain James Dagg. His role was important, wasn't it? There wasn't just the Met Office involved in this forecast. You had the US Air Force at Wide Wink creating a forecast. Uh, you had the RAF involved, the Navy involved, the Met Office forecast. Um, and all of those different and offering, often widely differing forecasts were all being fed in by telephone conferences to Stag. And he then had to try and get everyone to agree on the forecast. This is the resultant weather map here. We've got the UK in the middle. Low pressure, yes, but high pressure ridging in. And that provided that crucial weather window, didn't it? Yes, it did. It was marginal. It, you know, they, he always said it would be marginal, and it was even more marginal than they thought it was going to be in the end. When the cloud conditions were not good, um, some of the, uh, the airborne troops landed miles off course, and the Americans didn't dare bomb the beaches because they couldn't see enough um, and you know it was choppy you know, a lot of the, pe mm. the people that were that were, took part with well, they'll often say afterwards how they got seasick and it was not pleasant mm. crossing but yeah it was just about good enough and of course because it was so marginal that's one of the main reasons that the German forecasters didn't forecast it. Ultimately turning point of the war you could argue most important weather forecast of all time. 
I would. Yes. <laughs> Before we take a look at where the rain is this week across the UK, it's worth noting that yet again the South have had a dry season. The lack of rainfall during the crucial months leading up to summer is something that raises concerns with water resource planning for the coming months. So how dry was it? Dr Mark McCarthy. In May we've actually seen something of a split across the country from the southwest to the northeast. So parts of northeast Scotland have seen more than twice the normal amount of rainfall for May. But in contrast, parts of South Wales and southwest England and southern England have seen only around half of their normal May rainfall. Looking at southern England, particularly southeast of England, um, some parts of the country have had a relatively dry spell right through April and May, resulting in a dry spring overall. And this is, of course, very important for considerations of water resources for the summer season ahead. But there's an even longer story. If we go back to early summer of last year, actually these parts of southern England and parts of the country have had a dry summer followed by a dry autumn and a dry winter and now a dry spring as well. Uh, and this sequence of events, particularly through the autumn winter season, uh, is those rains that really help to uh, replenish the water stores within the ground and reservoirs and so on. So this is very much a situation that will be monitored in the context of planning water resources and water management for the seasons ahead. Some good news for those hoping for rain. Summer has arrived with rain in the forecast. Let's find out the details. Yes, good news if you need the rain over the next week or so. There will be plenty of it around, but bad news, of course, for anyone with outdoor activities planned. It's the start of summer. It's not going to feel like summer over the next few days. There'll be rain, there'll be showers. There will be some drier and brighter weather at times, so it's certainly a case of following the forecast and making the most of any interludes between the rain and showers. Thursday's showers clear to more unsettled weather across much of England and Wales on Friday. Low pressure moves up from the south, bringing a wet day to much of England and Wales, and then later on to southern Scotland and Northern Ireland. Now, some areas, especially to the north and the west of the UK, will see 20 to 40 millimetres of rainfall all in all. But in a few spots, 60 millimetres plus. So a wet day to come on Friday. And then as the rain pushes into Scotland and Northern Ireland, ahead of it, some warm sunshine for another... Ahead of the rain for northern Scotland, some warm sunshine, but the rain does arrive here later on Friday and into the start of the weekend. Meanwhile, as the rain clears from the south, some very windy weather along the channel as we start off Saturday. And Saturday is a blustery day for England and Wales. Nothing unusual if it were autumn, but it's not autumn, it's June. So if you've got outdoor activities planned, if you are camping, take note of those strong winds through Saturday. Sunday, showers break out across much of the country once again. And then there's the chance of further rain pushing into southern areas as we end the weekend and go into the start of next week. What can we blame for this? Well, it's the jet stream, as always, that jet stream. As always, it's the jet stream we can blame for this unsettled weather. It's to the south of the UK at the moment. We're on the cool and unsettled side. And that's how things stay through much of next week. There'll be more rain or showers, especially across southern parts of Britain a chance that we'll see more settled weather forming across northwestern areas. So 
yeah, there'll be rain around, good news for the gardens, bad news for outdoor activities, but of course it won't rain all the time. Keep up to date with the forecast to make the most of any drier spells. And just before we go, here's Graham Madge with the week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 27th of May to Sunday the 2nd of June 2019. The highest maximum was on Sunday at Weybourne's in Norfolk with a high of 28.8 Celsius, making it the warmest day of the year so far. The coldest night was in Tullock Bridge in the Highlands with a minimum during the early hours of Wednesday morning of minus 3.5 Celsius. Friday was the wettest day with Dunstaffnage in Argyle and Butte receiving 40.6 millimetres of rain and the highest daily sunshine was East Malling in Kent with 14.2 hours on Saturday the 1st of June. Thanks Graham. That's it for Weather Snap. I'm Alex Deakin. This week's producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us again next time as we take a closer look at the week's weather. Weather Snap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.